Welcome to another episode of the Weekly Regular. My name is Asan, as always. Um, I am solo right now. No guest with me right now for the first uh, few minutes of the podcast. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to say hello, and <laughs> I hope everyone's having a good week. Um, this episode uh, is a very special episode. Um, it's a, uh, a joint effort, uh, a little bit of a content swap here. Um, I was a guest on the podcast of a uh, good friend of mine. Um, his name is Antonio, and he does the Tone Deaf podcast. He is a uh, a young filmmaker and a young father and a young California, Los Angeles native. He's a good buddy of mine. Uh, he's a talented musician. Uh, yeah, he's a jack of all trades like myself. Uh, it's a good. It was a good podcast. Uh, he does a filmmaking podcast where he has conversations with different people who are either in the film industry, film industry adjacent, or just love films. And uh, he gets, you know, random people's, not random, but <laughs> an assortment of people's opinions and thoughts on uh, movies and different topics related to cinema and Hollywood and all that. We got a chance to talk about Star Wars. And uh, if you listen to this podcast at all, you know I have a love, hate, bittersweet uh, relationship with the Star Wars franchise. Uh, we use that uh, conversation about Star Wars um, in that franchise to talk up uh, my cats in the background to talk uh, more about sort of the state of Hollywood when it comes to doing sequels and um, remakes and reboots and projects based off existing um, uh, intellectual property. So it was a good conversation. I got to rant a little bit as I love to do. Uh, and yeah, if you are a regular listener, uh, uh, if you're a weekly regular, as it were, if you're a regular listener of this podcast, I think you'll enjoy, um, the tone deaf podcast too. check that out. Um, yeah, if you want to hear a young black filmmaker talk about film, then there you go. Um, yeah, well, anyway, that's it for me here, uh, for the open of this episode, uh, enjoy it and check it out. And we don't go too long, but we go just long enough as it were. Uh, great. I'll be back, uh, next week with, uh, another episode of this podcast. It probably won't be another crossover episode unless Antonio desperately wants me back because I brought millions and millions of people to listen to that episode of the podcast, which is possible, not likely, but it is possible. Um, uh, regardless, uh, check this episode out. I hope y'all enjoy it and I'll see you next week. Welcome to Tone Deaf, a conversation podcast, and I'm here with uh, the drummer, <laughs> the DJ, the entertainer, Mr. Asan. He is also from the weekly regular podcast, and he's uh, here to talk nonsense with me. How are you doing? Good. Uh, I'm good, bro. I hope Hopefully I didn't just peak your levels <laughs> no, you're uh, good. I, i'm good man happy to be here uh i've seen a couple uh episodes of the podcast uh and yeah it's great bro i, I love what you're doing here so uh, appreciate it yeah i'm uh like you said i'm a dj and all a bunch of other kind of stuff comedian and all that kind of stuff but uh i love movies and yeah man i'm here to talk whatever you want to talk about we've had several um facebook conversations and discussions yeah, the most debates more, I think, is a better term for them. Kind of. Actually, I feel like I feel like we've been I feel like we've been on similar pages with most things. Yeah. It's just 
to the extent of how much we hate it or like something, we might be a little bit differing on it. But yeah, and and you know, it's crazy uh, the way Facebook is. Like when you like the Facebook communication is like so different than any other kind of communication. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you post a you post a comment and like or you post a like a like a status update and like people comment on it and like. I, I try to fight this, but like my first instinct is to look at like what's the uh, no pun intended here, but what's the tone of this person's comment? Are they are they are they in agreement with what I'm saying? Or are they against what I'm saying? And like <laughs> so, but yeah, more often than not, when looking through that filter, uh, I think we agree on a lot of stuff, and uh, yeah, but I mean, I'm sure we'll find some disagreement uh, to keep things interesting. Well, if there's one topic that I think we've talked about a lot, okay, we're gonna get somewhere. Okay eventually but <laughs> I, i'm i'm bringing up something slightly unrelated yeah but i'm going to i'm going to work it back in and okay. we're going to segue to what we're eventually going to talk about okay and if you as if you can see i have these lovely these lovely figurines here these are, they're tall i haven't seen like a like a like a real like scale well, figurine in real life in a long time well these are my sons and as you can see their their hands have the little holder so these oh, things, yeah, lost but, them, you know, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, sure. somebody, Day some, one, he threw somebody got these for, yeah. for, I think he was three at the time. So that was kind of <laughs> like not a smart idea, but we have Ray and, mm -hmm. and, and Ray Kai, Skywalker. Spoiler, Ray Sky alert. Spoiler alert. <laughs> hey, listen, I don't think I'm, well, I don't think we're talking about any movie that's like less than two years old. So yeah. if you haven't seen these, then sorry. Also, you're the yeah. filmmaker. Help me out. Where am I supposed to be looking? Do I look at you or do I look at the camera? Uh, both a mix i mean you, you know just are all three of these cameras on no they're not just oh, that just one. that just that one okay but not the so there was one that i shot and i forget <laughs> who it was but all they did was look at the monitor so oh i'm doing I, that a lot I'm i sorry. know I'm i know i know we all do but if you want to address <laughs> the camera then there's the camera but i guess hello look, world it's yeah, me i'm here i guess you can look wherever you want I'm i mean there's can i sit forward and stare at the camera like this the whole time i mean you can but then i won't really be able to pick up your audio okay <laughs> Oh, limitations. You're always trying to put me in a box, Antonio. Tone Loke. So we've created. Has anybody ever called you Tone Loke? Yeah, that was my. That was actually my uncle's nickname for my dad. Okay, so and you're then, a junior. Kind of. Kind of. You don't, don't have the. I don't have. I don't have his middle name. I got you. Okay. But uh, so yeah, so I used to get uh because they called my dad Tone Loke, but only them. Yeah. I think people my age didn't really even know who he was, so that wouldn't be a thing. So older people called me. Come on, man. They seen Blank tone, Check. Tone <laughs> he was in Blank Check. He was in Blank. He was Juice in Blank Check. <laughs> For some reason, I go straight to Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, because he was one of the, oh, uh, that's right. he was one of he the was detectives, I think. He was in Blank this, Check. You know what? I've wondered this, and I haven't been brave enough to like devote the time to it, but does Ace Ventura, like, do those movies still hold up? Like, Are they still funny? If you're not a kid, I I think I watched Ace Ventura: Pet Detective earlier this year, mm -hmm. and how was it? And I I was able to still get through it. <laughs> I mean, imagine it's, it's, if you described a date with your with your wife like that. Yeah, I was you know I, was, I could still I was survive. Able to get through. I was it. able to survive the date. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it's it, I think because the the comedy is not dated. Uh -huh. It's just it's Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey, and I, I uh -huh. think that's I think that's timeless. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm not laughing at the things like I probably did <laughs> before, 
But you know, like you know, like how we type LOL, but we didn't actually laugh. Yeah, like that. so. It's like that. So it's like you're watching a movie, gotcha. how, like how that that was actually really funny. But if you were actually looking at my face during that scene, yeah, so I you give it kind of like a Kawhi Leonard laugh. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah. Matter of fact, I just had, I just, I just recently Kawhi Leonard's watched. Here? <laughs> oh, I thought I'm sorry. I thought that's where you were going. I just recently watched the Chappelle show. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the whole thing. Yeah. It was because it's on uh, Netflix. I think it's on Netflix it's and, and, and HBO, HBO Max. Max. Yeah, crazy. But the because remember they are only thirty minute episodes, mm-hmm. so without commercials, they're only like 19, 20 minutes. So yeah. I actually went through the whole first two seasons in like mm-hmm. two days, and I'm watching them, and I'm purposely thinking, let me see if this stuff still holds up. Mm. And my goodness. It's still funny. Yeah, it's great. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite bits on Chappelle's show is uh, the the slow motion. And he when he's doodling on the toilet yes. and he goes flying off, that's just... So what I noticed is that even though there were some things that he talked about that were current, none of them seemed like him jumping on a wave. Right. So none of it aged badly. Hmm. They were kind of talking about stuff that's... You know, to me, it's the, the, the real world when it's still funny because... <laughs> We all know that in all the real worlds, they had like one or two black people. Yeah. And then that guy ended up or that guy or gal ended up losing it because they were in this house with all these white people. Of course. And it's like, of course, they were going to lose it. Yeah. So, you know, so that's still a good that's still a funny bit. Like all those bits are still funny. And then even like the Paul Mooney stuff, which is just, you know, like some of this stuff is like cancelable today. Have you have you watched uh, for some reason that real world uh, thing that you said made me think of uh, have you watched Deaf You? on i think it's on netflix no it's so it's like a it's a reality show uh, about like this really famous like world famous like college and university for deaf people deaf you deaf like d-e-a-f not deaf like oh like death no no no, not deaf (laughs) deaf you no i have not i think i i think i might have saw the uh yeah so i i was bored one night and uh i was like oh let me see what this is talking about so I turned on Deaf You, and it's interesting. First of all, like, like they went to that co- like college and found the the most attractive people to put on the show. Yes, um, as they're gonna do. And the the second thing I realized is like they had like two black guys on there, and like <laughs> I don't know why I assume that like like I don't know this is like a, a, like our own uh, privilege of not having to like process through people living with disabilities, but like. For some reason, like, I just didn't expect the show to be about, like, their love lives. And, like, it was. And they are wilding. Like, them deaf people are getting it in. Listen. <laughs> it was crazy, bro. Like, I don't know. I didn't expect the show to be about it. Listen, but it lo- was definitely about listen, it. Listen, love is love. Everybody got there. Everybody <laughs> <Yeah>. do. <laughs> Everybody does their own thing, man. But there was just one dude. He was like, because he 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 was only partially deaf, so he could still talk. So he was like, man, I was smashing her and her. I was like, bro. So yeah, real quick. So I, I actually, I actually um, did a uh, short film where I was a DP, uh-huh. and it was it's it's actually supposed to be coming out soon. So I don't want to talk too much about it, but oh, um, sh- it, it required it required some some digging on um, some some disabilities and okay. just understanding. And then, like, one of the things I came across is, like, with, with deaf people is that there's so many different ranges of what that actually is. Right, right. And that a good amount of deaf and blind people are not 100%, way, yeah, yeah. you know, it's, it's just, just a matter of hearing or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. And really quick, this is even more down the rabbit hole, <laughs> is that there is even a, a divide within the community. 
Really? In that, so you have a child, uh-huh. and your child is born hard of hearing, uh-huh. and then your first thought might be, let's get him or her different yeah. tools and things so that they can hear. Yeah. Some people say, uh-huh. do not give give them that. Oh wow! This is the gift that they have. Oh. So you're treating it like it's a like it's a negative thing when it's just a part of who they are. So don't mm. give them a crutch if this is if this is who they are if who they are is this mm. then trying to give them these mechanics to make them like other people mm. goes against what they were thinking and it's a whole I aspect of it that I had ne- never even thought of. I mean and, their parents you know, gave them food when they were kids, right? I didn't say that it was totally free of free <laughs> no, of I'm you know free of, but you know no that's that's interesting no it is interesting they they touched i only watched like the first episode of deaf you but they they did touch on some of that too like there's like stigma and stuff with like hearing aids and things like that so that's crazy but i, I know you didn't you didn't want me to come here to talk about deaf you well no we're just talking about stuff that's out but 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 uh-huh i think there were several facebook pages made hmm. dedicated strictly to the breaking down Mm-hmm. Uh, um, celebrating or lamenting of <laughs> Star Wars movies. Uh huh. For sure. Okay, I might as well tell you where we're gonna go. Eventually, I want we. Eventually, we want to talk about. We want to talk about sequels. We want to talk about Hollywood and originality. Yep. Uh-huh. So, why not talk about the franchise that had that, that has nine, <laughs> ten? I mean, yep. if you, if you count Solo and. Rogue One. Yeah, across that's four, 11, 11 sequels, well, basically ten sequels. Yeah, across five decades, like four, four decades, five decades. So we're li- li- crazy. So we we've had some we've had some thoughts for sure. I think his thoughts are a little more harsh than my thoughts. Uh, yeah, probably. But I wanted, but but I wanted to. <laughs> okay, so let's do it this way. Yeah. So let's so. <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me how you felt about the I guess we I guess we can actually call these the sequels because the other ones were the prequels. Okay. So let's talk about the sequels. Okay. And just give me your flat out since we've seen it, your it's been two years about now. Okay. So now you've had your chance. Even though I didn't ask him to do this I didn't I didn't ask him to talk about this beforehand. So I'm kinda uh-huh. putting him on the spot. No problem. But I figured you thought about this enough to have had to be able to uh, come up with some coherent thoughts about yeah. this. Yeah. I think so. So let me preface by saying, um, <laughs> I'm in. I think I'm in a unique position uh, when it comes to Star War, the Star Wars sequels, because I am someone who is a fan of film. I studied film in school. Uh, I am uh, on paper. I am someone who should love Star Wars. Yes. And um, so there's that, but also like, <laughs> I didn't grow up with. Um, I didn't see any Star Wars until I was an adult. And well, that's not true. I saw the prequels when I was like in middle school. Um, Same here. I saw the prequels when they came out. Yeah. So yeah, I would have been in like yeah. Yeah. I think so, around there. Yeah. So I yeah. saw those. I hadn't seen I didn't see any of the original series of Star Wars until I was an adult. Same here. And I'm gonna be completely honest with you. I have only seen a new hope of the original prequels. Of the original series. Sorry. Oh wow. So when it comes to the the prequels and then the sequels, I look at them as, especially the sequels, I look at them as completely standalone movies in terms of like the quality of storytelling, all that kind of stuff. Like I don't have the nostalgia of the original series playing in the background the way a lot of people do. 
I, listen, I do, and I still think we came to the same conclusions. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's good to for know. For different reasons. Okay. But, you know. Well, yeah. So, my opinion on the sequels is basically I liked um, Force Awakens. I mm-hmm. thought that was really good. That was like the first time I was very excited for a Star Wars same movie. Same here. Um, that first trailer was really good. Um, where Finn wakes up in the desert and it's just it's like this from there. It's just all this energy. Yeah. I liked that movie. I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was a great, um, it was a great ensemble movie. I think JJ Abrams did a good job of like managing all the different characters and giving everybody kind of their moment. Um, I thought, yeah, I thought it was a good starting film to what I knew would be like a bigger franchise. Mm-hmm. Um, the second movie that was the ryan johnson one right yeah last jedi that was the last jedi i i liked that movie a lot less um there i think there was less to like about that movie um i feel like that movie uh i feel like a lot of people (laughs) give that movie more credit than deserve because they feel like it's a it's a oh it's a deconstruction of i'm one of them (laughs) that actually that actually i I'll get into it later. All right. yeah. It's a deconstruction <laughs> of a Star Wars movie and blah, 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 which is, I mean, that's a, f- that's fine as an argument, but like for me, especially coming off the heels of the JJ Abrams movie, where like the whole point of that movie was to get you excited about the rest of this franchise and seeing this ensemble and where, you know, wh- the journey they're going to go on. I-, I found that movie extremely disappointing, mm-hmm. uh, from that perspective. Um, and I think it just wasn't f- a fun movie. And I, I think these movies should first and foremost be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of agree with um, who was who was it that said that they're not cinema? I know you just did an episode on this. Who was? Oh, uh, um, well, Scorsese, he was talking. Right? He was talking about the the Marvel the, the Marvel movies, but right? Yeah. I, I would put these in the same category mm-hmm. <laughs> as Marvel movies. Um, they're event movies, and you yeah, know you want you want them to be fun first, and that and to me that movie was kind of just like kind of the tone of that movie was kind of like the director was saying like, man, it sucks we have to sit here for two hours and watch a Star Wars movie. Let's maybe tear some things apart about it while we watch it. So, you know, I didn't have as much fun, but I think it was a, I like Ryan Johnson as a director, so I thought it was a competently made movie. I just didn't particularly enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think about basically the opposite uh, about the the last movie, The Last Jedi. Is that what it Rise was? of Skywalker. Rise of Skywalker, yeah. sorry. That movie... All right. That, <laughs> okay, okay, pause. All right. Okay, pause. Put a pin there. Right. I think we both... We both all right yeah yeah okay so i feel i felt the exact same way about force awaken um i was really excited about it it's funny we actually talked about we actually talked about this a couple episodes ago Mm -hmm. about how about how hollywood now does the token black character yeah they don't do them the same right now they actually they actually give the black character the lead role Mm -hmm. but they still end up being a token they they have very little character development and that's what happened with finn i mean like you watched the first that first one and i i never i never logged the time but it Mm -hmm. like finn is like on the screen more than anybody else Mm -hmm. more than them two so Mm -hmm. it really makes you seem like this is going to be like this is going to be the guy and then when we talk about the last the last one there there were even some rumors about what should have happened with the story that mm-hmm. even all the more makes me more upset i actually liked the, the first two movies the problem was and then this is what if ever you get to watching the originals <laughs> one of the things that you'll see yeah and one of the things you even see with the prequels yeah is that it was clear that this was one uniform vision right so even if you don't like the phantom menace compared to you know any of the other ones uh-huh 
you can still see that this is a complete story that they're trying to tell. They're trying to tell the story of Anakin from childhood to mm-hmm. to Darth. Right. And they do that. Whether mm-hmm. you like how they do it, they do it. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing happens in the in the pre in the in the the original movies is, you know, because he he wrote all three. Mm-hmm. He wrote it as one script mm. and then did basically gambled on himself with a new hope. Mm-hmm. hit big and then with that rep and all that stuff right. made the next two gotcha so it's made with cohesion mm-hmm. and to me i think Re- return return of the jedi which is the which is number six the third of that trilogy so the third one. Okay. I, that's gotcha. my favorite star wars movie of, of that's all. the one where vader dies yeah yes okay but you know again so what happens here in in this one uh-huh is it seems like from the jump, mm-hmm. there was no uniform idea. We want to get here because what it seems like JJ is like, okay, this is where we're going to go. So mm-hmm. let's start on this, on this journey. And then Ryan is like, no, I want to go this way. Yeah. And start on that journey mm-hmm. as individual movies. I, I liked what both of them tried to do, yeah. but I hate it. I mean, I hate it that the last Jedi didn't continue where they were doing different things. Exactly. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think that I don't know if that's a matter of Lucas not like not being not having as much control as he should have. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's I'm gonna Disney. Go, I'm going to Google some real quick. I'm paying attention. I don't know if that's Disney meddling. I don't know if that's Kath. a lot of people were upset with Katherine Johnson. I don't know if they, I don't know uh, who sh- she's like. I forget what her role is with Disney, but she's you're talking not, about uh, you talking about Kathleen Kennedy. Kennedy, yeah. yeah. So yeah, so she she was like the head of Lucasfilm, something like that. Yeah, yeah. at one point, yeah. So it, it just seemed to me because even though it's funny because the pre the the previous the the original three movies have three different directors, so right. Lucas only directed the first one, and then he basically oh. got his buddies to direct the second two because he was trying to develop Lucas Films, so he knew he couldn't do as much. But mm-hmm. basically, he gave them the keys to a Lamborghini and said, you know, just just don't <laughs> crash it, and pretty much is what they did. And a little fun fact, he actually was he actually wanted to get Spielberg to direct the third one, mm-hmm. but couldn't because you know how he has his infamous or his famous beginning crawl scene. The one of the um, guilds didn't like the fact that there was no intro credits and they they so they were actually fining him for that. Pretty much wow. saying they let him do it for the first one. When he did it again for the second one, they find him and the director, the other director. But he ended up taking on and basically paying for the fine. But mm. because of his anger, he pulled himself out of the director's guild. But because he was out of the director's guild, he couldn't get Spielberg to do it because Spielberg was in the guild. So that was kind of like a weird red tape where he couldn't use because they were like good friends. So he couldn't use him. So anyways, so there are three different directors. But there was the script was written by one guy, and you know that story made its way through the whole all three, mm-hmm. which takes us to the third movie. <laughs> and you mentioned that you haven't you hadn't seen those, so that hadn't muddied up your idea of it. Yeah, it's it's as if JJ was like, "Let's go here," and then Ryan said, "No, I want to go back this way." And for the third one, J.J. was like, no, I still want to go there. So let's just jam pack what should have been in two movies mm-hmm. and just smushed it into one. 
Yeah. And then it just ended up being just, just, just a mess. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think what my impression of what, and the reason I was Googling is I was trying to see what other movies, like when that movie came out, the first one, uh, the first the Force Awakens and like what else came out that year. Was that 12? It was 2015 15. actually. Yeah. December of 2015. Um, and then I was also Googling um, when did um, Disney buy Lucasfilm? That was in 2012. So, I basically, I was looking to see like what Star Wars was up against that year because, and it really is nothing much. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think they ever really competed with any Marvel movies. Yeah. I think they kind of they never really crossed. I don't think. Right, and the reason I was looking that up was because I feel like I feel like there was so on Facebook <laughs> as we were talking about earlier. Uh, uh, early on in the franchise, I think it was maybe after I saw the first the first uh, the Force Awakens. I was like, I made it. I did a hot take on Facebook, which yeah. I'm known to do, and I was like, I'm gonna call it now that the this movie franchise is going to be about you know the redemption of Kylo Ren, making him a good guy by the end of the third movie, mm-hmm. right? And uh, you know, it was true, but more so than that, like, I think that was the plan all along yeah. to do. To I think this was always gonna be Ray and Kylo Ren's movie franchise. I think. I think there was always a plan to do three movies. I think it was always a plan to do, you know, Ray or Kylo Ren becomes a good guy and dies at the end of the third one. Um, I think uh, something changed when I think something changed with the first movie with the force awakens. Mm -hmm. I think Marvel or or not Marvel, but Disney Lucasfilm, whoever at the time said, you know what? Maybe someone got cold feet, uh, whatever. I think at that time they were like, you know what? We just need to get, we just need to make a lot of money with this first movie. Get people excited about Star Wars yeah. again. Let's just make, you know, th- uh, this homage ensemble movie. Uh, you know, that's a an, uh, an homage to Force or not Force Awakens, uh, New Hope. And let's get JJ. Let's have a big fun ensemble cast movie. We'll set up some fun characters. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy was a big deal. Cool, whatever. Right? Yeah. And so they changed that to the first movie. And then I think, uh, I think, I don't know at what point Ryan Johnson was, uh, was signed on, but I think Ryan Johnson, if it were, if I had to bet money on it, I would bet Ryan Johnson probably changed a lot about what they had planned for the second movie. Um, and cause that movie to me, the, the, the worst thing about the second movie to me is that based on the first movie and then where we end up it feels like such a placeholder movie like nothing really happens in it that is of any which is so crazy when you think about the 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 times the time like what happened in force awaken yeah and then the fact that the second movie was just reduced to this short little highway chase yeah and i mean (laughs) some interesting things happen there but yeah, I, I don't I, I don't know if it was hit. see the, the my problem with it is like taking myself out of it. I like what they did there. There was some interesting things. I liked the idea of exploring what happens with a character like Luke when mm-hmm. you become disillusioned when you know because because he his character in the original three is he is this dreamer farmer boy who's always looking towards the horizon mm-hmm. who's always but what happens when that guy basically becomes Batman mm-hmm. and sees a lot of bad things happen to people who he cares about. Does he, does he have a hardened heart? So mm-hmm. I like the idea of him, of him being rejuvenated by some youngster, mm-hmm. but it's just, 
the way in which they did it and they took this movie that seemed like it was going to be fast paced and mm-hmm. which is the way all of the movies are even mm-hmm. the original ones they 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 are not serious movies they're fun i mean they're like you know flash gordon they're they're fun we're 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 going there's there's humor there's it's even the way that his transitions there's pace things are happening and then all of that stops and even though there are some interesting things that he dives into, yeah. the way he does it to me railroads the way that we're going. And it just it just seemed like, you know, Finn's character became somebody different. Uh, you know, we never really got to see him flushed out enough. We didn't get to really see Poe get flushed out enough. Mm-hmm. It was just these two people who were trying to kill each other, and then all of a sudden they love each other at the end. Is- and I'm not even I'm not even <laughs> so upset with the end. Yeah. It's just the way the path we took to get there just didn't make sense. And yeah. I'm be I'll be honest with you. I'm a fan of villains. Yeah. And yeah. I will never forgive them for not giving me more of the Knights of Ren. Yeah. I'll never forgive them. That for was that. yeah, that was huge waste. Because of he got built up to be and it was even in the in the in like, you know, in the in the in the first movie. It was even in the in the trailer of him mm-hmm. and these guys behind him and we're like who the hell are those guys are these going to be the guys that are running around Mm -hmm. tearing stuff up great like i want to see who who's going to be the next bad guy instead we got some whiny kid (laughs) and it 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 just and it seemed like and i'm gonna say this and i don't think this is cancelable okay but go ahead it seemed like they tried their hardest Mm -hmm. to push ray yeah and, I think so. and if you and if you talk about, let's just call them the four. If you talk about between Finn, Poe, uh, Kylo, and Ray, yeah, Ray to me was the least interesting of all of them. Yeah, yeah. And it and they it seemed like they tried to make that up by giving her this wild arc that now mm-hmm. she's the grandchild of Palpatine. When there was a theory that she would have actually been a descendant of um, Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. Which I would have liked a little bit more. That would have been interesting. Yeah. There was also a, a, a talks that Ray was actually not Finn was actually supposed to lead an uprise of stormtroopers, mm-hmm. which I think could have been more interesting. There's just so many things that they just. So here, here's where I think he's the, a, he's a background character by the time we get to yeah. the third movie. Here's what I so I think I have a fix for the second movie. So first, answer one question for me because I, I don't remember: Is Luke alive in the second movie? Yes, he oh. dies in the second movie. Got you at the end. So when he, he when he when he does the, it's funny. It's it's actually a lot of people didn't like it, but it is actually Star Wars canon. They actually it's actually called doppelganger. Okay, which is where you can self project yourself somewhere else. Basically, he used the last of his power life, his chi, to <laughs> and and he dies in the same form that. Um, Yoda and mm-hmm. and Obi Wan dies where mm-hmm. they kind of do the right the disappearing into nothing and then they you know right so my so yeah so here I, I think I have a I think I uh, we do this a lot on my show on the weekly regular where we we pitch ideas so he literally dies at the end to fix movies yeah yeah, yeah. so I'm gonna fix the second movie all right so the second movie is essentially it's Ray goes off on a spirit quest to figure out who she is and figure out who she must become in order to bring balance to the force. And meanwhile, the rest of our gang is trying to stop Kylo Ren, right? More or less. Well, in the first movie, they're trying to find, they're both racing 
to find a map to Luke Skywalker. Right. Kylo Ren wants to find him so he can kill him and end it all because in his in his mind, this is the last Jedi. We don't really know yet that mm-hmm. Rey's a Jedi. Mm-hmm. So they feel like even though it's the entire First Order, they mm-hmm. still know that Luke is still a very powerful guy. So let's let's snuff this guy so that we can once and for all mm-hmm. run things. The resistance is trying to find him because they believe he's the last hope to, mm-hmm. you know. So basically they're tra- everybody's trying to find this guy. Mm-hmm. Second movie, they're trying to find this guy. Ray, they end up, they eventually find him at the end of the first movie. Ray, Ray goes. They're mm-hmm. trying to track Ray to get to him, but then he ends up dying. See, so the idea of yeah. finding Skywalker ends at, at at the end of the second one. But that they use that movie to pass the baton, where Skywalker is saying, because there's a point. Right before he literally dies, and he's talking with Ray, to with Ren, mm-hmm. where he says, "After I kill you, I will have killed the last Jedi." Mm-hmm. And then he was like, "I'm not the last Jedi." And then that's when we see Ray like moving the rocks with her Force, mm-hmm. whatever. So that was kind of like the Passover to Ray. Ray is now the Jedi, and then he dies. So then the third movie now becomes something totally different. Right. So but here's yeah. my here's my fix for the second movie. Second movie, the way you fix it is, uh, you have Kylo Ren, uh, he he gets to in the beginning of the movie he gets to Luke Skywalker, yes, but he doesn't kill him. He kidnaps him. He takes him to some planet, you know, the same planet that Ray what it was ends up on with Luke, and you have him basically there with the Knights of Ren or whatever holding uh holding Luke hostage essentially, because mm-hmm. they thought he was just gonna kill him, but he has plans before he kills him. Yeah, basically. Kylo is there to try to learn what is missing from him to like bring balance to the force. Whatever the hidden secret of the Jedi is, that's what he's trying to learn. This already sounds more interesting. Right? That's what he's trying to learn. So he's basically forcing Luke to teach him how to, you know, use the light side and bring balance to the force and all that. But Luke's reluctant because he doesn't want to teach him. You can have Luke be the, have the same characterization as he does with Rey, except now it's with Kylo Ren and he has more of a reason to be um, resistant and he doesn't come off like a jerk. Um, yeah, because the last time I tried to train you, right? I I, I basically failed you. Exactly. And then, you know. Exactly. Yeah. And in this this also because really this this franchise is about Kylo Ren. They just for, but because they've told us that it's also about Ray, they kind of force it to be about Ray. Yeah. Which is why I think the second movie should be that, and then the rest of the crew because that's the other part of the movie that's missing to me is like the 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 because Ray and Kylo are off doing other things. The rest of the crew is kind of given short shrift because it's like there's really nothing for them to do that we really care about care about because yeah. the main characters are over there. Um, so that way, so you have Kylo Ren kidnaps Luke and is forcing him to try to teach him whatever. And Ray is with the ensemble trying to track down where they've taken Luke. And along the way, they have to do all the stuff that they had to do in the movie, except now Ray's with them and, it, and you give all those other characters more deserved screen time. And it's more of the ensemble that JJ set up. Mm-hmm. And then now you have a great movie going into the, that takes us into the third movie where now we've come to understand Kylo's journey. And it's not just like, all of a sudden out of nowhere because he's had a few conversations with Ray in, inside each other's mind. You know what I mean? Like it just feels a little bit more. So the arcs, the, the, the their arcs to me, they're, they're weak. Yeah. They're very, the weak. They, you know, when, when you like, again, I, I really, I really encourage you to watch them. When you look at, Luke's, I will eventually, when you look at Luke's arc, Luke's, <laughs> Luke's arc is pretty simple. Yeah. Because he, we don't know this yet, but he is the, he Chosen is the one. grandson right. of, Oh, okay. Of Darth Vader. Darth Vader, yeah. Mm-hmm. And 
um, he is being looked after looked after by his uncle. So mm-hmm. remember his wait, his dad. He's not the grandson, the son of Darth Vader. Right. I don't know if it was Darth Vader's brother or uh um uh wow, why can't I think of her name? Um, Padme, 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 Padme or Padme's, but basically he ends up with one of their siblings. I think it's I think it's Anakin's sibling. He okay. ends up with him. Mm-hmm. And so he's there. They split the two of them up, and we find this out in the prequels, but they split the two of them up to, mm-hmm. to so that Vader can't find them. Mm-hmm. And then, so he's with them. He comes across two droids, mm-hmm. R2-D2 and C-3PO, mm-hmm. and they have been given the, the plans to the Death Star. Mm-hmm. And because he, they, Leia shoots them out and they crash land on his planet, he finds them mm-hmm. and unknowingly is now a target because they're looking for those droids. Right. So then there are some stormtroopers that come and then the stormtroopers basically come and kill his mm-hmm. aunt and uncle. Mm-hmm. And then, so you see that in the first one. Mm-hmm. And then that's kind of like, cause you could tell he already has these dreams of going, but his uncle is like, but we need you here. And they're kind of holding him back, but then they die. And then that's kind of like the motivation. Now I want to go, I want to be a Jedi like my dad. He doesn't know that his dad is Darth Vader. He just knows that his dad was a Jedi. And now he wants to he wants to do that. He wants to find his purpose. He wants to avenge his uncle and aunt. So that's kind of his motivation. And then he goes through and then he kind of in a and it's weird how they kind of recycle these because in the same way that Ray goes to some distant planet to find Luke and be trained by him. Anakin goes, and then we see that in the second movie, he goes mm-hmm. and finds Yoda, a very old Yoda, mm-hmm. and then Yoda basically tries to train him, blah, blah, blah. And then you see the same thing in the prequels with Anakin, in that, mm-hmm. you know, he's just like just like Rey, just like Luke, sort of a child prodigy, uh, like, because Luke is a, already a really good pilot, mm-hmm. but he doesn't really know that he has the force, like her, she doesn't know that she has those things until she finds it out. He... Anakin is also a really good pilot and you know and he gets he gets trained by Obi-Wan as a as a kid. He falls for Padme. He starts to have these dreams that Padme is going to die and then wants uh-huh. to save her and then his basically that drives him mad and then he basically goes to the dark side because mm-hmm. for several things and then so he ends up there. So there are these you can you can understand the path mm-hmm. for them to get there yeah and it's and because of the way that the movies were done it's just they just seem forced yeah and i am i i would pref, i would have i would have actually preferred if you you know i prefer they switch mm. and she becomes a bad person that would have been good too because we see that in all the in all the movies, we see good people become bad people, mm-hmm. and we see bad people become good people. Mm-hmm. And I would have loved to actually see her become a bad person, mm-hmm. and then see him become a, a redeemed character. I don't necessarily like him dying in the second one, hmm. in the third one, but I'm not. I guess I'm not going to fight it. Yeah. But you know, it just left me with a really bad taste in my mouth. So can we and talk- it make and it makes me actually really like the prequels now. Yeah. Now I look back at the prequels and I'm like, you know what? They weren't that, they weren't that bad. <laughs> Can we talk about the, the ending of the third one? So, so this is where, the, this is where, and I don't know if you have read this or heard about this, but this is where like 
politics gets in the way as well. Hmm. Okay. So there were. So so okay. So China. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, I've heard of them. Mess mess things up. Oh, really? So, um, once upon a time in Hollywood, uh huh, he has the bit about Bruce Lee. Mm-hmm. China actually threatens not to show the movie out there. Oh wow! Sony says, "Screw you! We're sticking with our guy. Uh-huh. Keep the bit in there." Yeah, and I think it makes the movie better because yeah. of it. Yeah. The idea was to have actual because the one of the things that happens, and they kind of abandon this hmm. in the in the they they do it once in in the um, the Last Jedi. After Ray leaves, remember Yoda comes to see um, yeah. him, and they're sitting by the tree. Mm-hmm. I think that's the only time where we have a projected. No, we do have, we do have, we have it in the third when Luke comes back, right? But it's all over the the in the in the original three. That happens a lot of times. Really? Okay. Because Obi Wan dies like in the middle of the first movie. Um, Obi Wan often comes back to talk to him, like, gotcha. and then even Yoda comes back a couple times. So what's supposed to happen is when she's fighting Palpatine, we're supposed to see all of the Jedi. Mm. Anakin, Mace Windu, Yoda, all of them. They're Mm -hmm. supposed to be there with her Mm -hmm. to represent this idea of we're all with you. Mm -hmm. It can't just be Rey beating Palpatine. It doesn't make sense. But maybe Rey channeling the power of all the Jedi. Mm -hmm. But China has a thing about ghosts. Mm. And because they do... They took the ghost out, and that's why we only have their voices come through. Mm-hmm. And even when we see Luke, there's even a certain blue that he had to be to make him not seem like a ghost, to basically make it clearable for China. Mm. Man, I feel like they should have just done two different cuts of the movie. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I'm give sure me, that give me the give me the uh, sure uh, give me the, Snyder, give me the Snyder cut. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Oh man, that, that's apparently apparently that was one of the endings. I already told you another one of the endings was it was supposed to be Ray. I mean not Ray Finn leading a uh, a revolt with stormtroopers. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let, let's. I, I, mean, I don't. I don't actually. I don't hate the ending. Well, so I think the ending of the movie is is the is <laughs> it's not only the worst part of that movie. <laughs> The last fifteen minutes of the of the Rise I, of Skywalker may be the worst fifteen minutes in any movie I've ever seen. Antonio, it's crazy. See, you really see. Look, this is this is what I'm talking about. I actually didn't hate the ending. Okay, but, so can we just talk about what happened? I'm specifically talking about the the final f- showdown between Ray and Kylo. Where oh, on the on the on the 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 death the, the remnants of the Death Star. Yeah, where where Kylo dies, eventually, several times. Oh, you know what I'm talking she about? first stabbed him. Yeah, I'm talking. Yeah, so like she kills him, right? I think she kills him first. His mom distracts him. Yeah, and she kills and she him. Stabbed, and she kills him. And then she kisses him for some reason. Uh, Wait, did she she kisses him there? I think so. She, she, she might have. Uh, or maybe she doesn't. Uh, <laughs> she heals him. She heals him, which is something you can do, I guess. Uh, they set that up earlier in the movie because they are going to use it later where she heals some worm or something in the yeah. desert. But okay, apparently with the force, you can heal people. So she stabs him, and then but she loves him, I guess, and so she heals him. And then he... Doesn't he kill her, but then heals her too? 
or something? Yes. No, he, he doesn't kill her. She gets by Palpatine. Beat up by Palpatine pretty bad. And then, and then he gives his his hit, force to her, which brings her back to life, but kills him. But then it kills him. Yes. And I think that's at some point she somebody kisses somebody and they come back to life. No, 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 no. He bring, picks her up and basically like touch, touches her and then like gives him gives her his force. Oh, that's right. And then she wakes up, sees him. They kiss. And then he dies. Apparently, <laughs> apparently, as he gives her that, he is he is in the process of dying. Antonio, and that <laughs> is crazy. Like, okay, you okay, have to pick okay, one. Okay, okay. Like, you can't have okay. all of the possible okay. Okay. Uh, cheering moments one after okay. another. When I say when I say that I actually like the like the end movie, I like it up until that point. And that that's when it nosedives to me. Yeah. Is because, with that part. Because you're what you're watching, and the reason why it's so hilarious to me is because you're literally watching who all the different people who ever had a say in like what this movie is going to be about you're literally watching a like a you're watching them struggle over whose movie it is in real time like you're watching it's ray's movie but really it's kyle's movie but it's ray's movie but it's kyle's movie actually it's ray's movie and you're you're watching like a physical embodiment of that and it's like they can't decide what they want to do so each character dies and comes back to life like two or three times and it's crazy so so there was talk some I remember I don't know how I came across it, but there was actually a um, Mandalorian episode mm-hmm. that came out like either the week of or the week before mm-hmm. that people were like, "Watch this because there's something that happens in there that is important mm-hmm. for the for the for the for that for that movie." And there is a scene where there, um, uh, gosh, what is his name? Creed. He's Apollo Creed. Oh. um... Uh, Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers, yeah. yeah. So Carl Weathers' character, mm-hmm. who's he's like the leader of like a bounty hunter's yeah. guild or mm-hmm. something. And he has a really bad wound. Mm-hmm. And the child heals him. Yeah. Baby with, with the with, with the with, with the, the force. Yeah. So that's like the first time that we ever see <laughs> that someone can yeah. use part of their self or whatever mm-hmm. to heal, you know. We see them we see we see throughout all the movies them do some wild stuff, mm-hmm. but we've never seen. I don't think, and I don't know if I, I'm. I am. I am a fan of Star Wars, but I'm not like a buff where like people like watching, like reading into like deep mm-hmm. into the canon. So I don't know if that's canon or not. Mm-hmm. But basically, we don't find out that this is possible until mm-hmm. the third movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm. I'm. I am not against it happening the first time. Mm-hmm. I felt like. That was an interesting way to redeem his character. Mm-hmm. He has this final moment with his mom before she dies, mm-hmm. and then has this has a moment with his dad where he gets to. He doesn't say sorry, but it's the time when he says, "Dad, I'm sorry," See, that, and his so dad it, says, "I, I it's okay." I totally agree. Yeah. So he's had two opportunities now to look in the face of somebody that he loves that he knows is going to die through his inaction, and because of his demons, can't find it to to save those person save those people or put it past it put it yes. but now he has the opportunity to do that which is great if yes. it had just been <laughs> ray is beat up and is about to die by palpatine and he gives his last to save her that would have been amazing so here's it th- here so here's the thing and i don't want to i don't want to spoil it for you cuz i want you to wa- i want you to watch it but uh-huh. there and this is pr- a pr- another part that frustrates me is that literally the ending of this mm-hmm. okay 
you have you have Anakin, Vader, and Palpatine, mm-hmm. and then you have Rin, Ray, and Palpatine, mm-hmm. and nearly s- s- identical things happen. Mm-hmm. They just don't happen in the same way. Mm-hmm. And I don't I don't want to get I don't want to say it because I don't I want you to watch it. That's fine. But um, I wish I wish if if it would have been like, hey, I'm going to give you like a death lightning, and Rin like jumps in. F- jumps in front of it and hits and gets hit by it. I'm okay with him dying that way. Yeah. I took this bullet for you and then she's yeah. able to come with some force whack. Totally. Boom, get him out of here. Yeah. Okay. All right, I'm cool. But this like, hey, you have my life. No, I don't want it. You have my life. And it's just Yeah. It, it was it was it was crazy. Okay, let's stop talking about this. <laughs> all right. And I'm not gonna do it. I'm just gonna be become more depressed. No, it's it's and, all good. You know, because I'm it's it's re- like really, really deep in my in my film making uh-huh. dreams, I would love to work on a on a Star Wars. A Star Wars film. movie, yeah. I mean, they're, I think, they're great. I think it's a great so, universe. I, I love the so Mandalorian. Much, there's so yeah. much you can do with it because For sure. And that that's the this this is this big ass universe. Yeah. Preach King. And we can't get away from this one family. Yeah. That's another problem. We gotta okay. get away from the Skywalkers. Okay. Okay. Mandalorian's a good start, though. It's a great show. It is. It is. It is very good. So, what this was supposed to be, mm-hmm. and we could still do that, uh-huh. <laughs> is our our segue into sequels. Okay. Yeah. And sort of the state of the state of Hollywood, and why is it that we're seeing? I have my answers, but I want I want to see what you think. Why is it? Does it seem like we're having so many sequels now? And not even just sequels, things that are based on already existing intellectual property, property yeah. that's like safe or yeah. remakes or sequels. Yeah. And it's like, like, in in when we have a movie like um, Parasite that wins best film, and you right. have a movie like Moonlight that wins best film, mm-hmm. why hasn't that inspired? more original films, more original content. Yeah, I think there's a couple different factors. All right, so I'll I'll give the more charitable ones first. So first, I do think there's just, because of the technology and the, the, just the money that there is behind movie making now, Mm -hmm. uh, I think there is a legit excitement from fans to finally be able to see stories that they've, uh, uh, you know, this is not, doesn't necessarily apply to sequels, although it can, but it's mostly like stuff that's based on intellectual properties, existing properties, is that people are really excited to see stories that they've always enjoyed brought to the big screen in a way that's compelling. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, I think there's that excitement um, at the root of it. But I think um, some of the more some of the less charitable answers are movie studios love a sure thing. And so they love um they love, hey, Lion King worked 25 years ago. Let's do it again. It's going to make us a ton of money. And, you know, that. so they're going to do it. I mean, that's just the reality of it, unfortunately. Um, but I I don't know, man. I'm hopeful because, like, so here's the thing. There's two sides to that coin because you said, um, you said, you know, there's movies like Moonlight and there's movies like Parasite. Yeah. And, and it, so why is that not, not inspiring? I think it is because the other side of that coin is, you know, the Avengers is never going to win Best Picture. You know what I mean? True. Um, I think the prestige, even though Avengers will make all the money, I think the prestige is reserved for more original material because I think there's like an unspoken um, understanding in Hollywood that like 
every movie studio's got to have a big budget franchise that makes all the money for the year mm-hmm. so that they can fund smaller yes. movies like Parasite and you know so Christopher Nolan can go off and make some crazy movie that he wants to make every year. Um, I, I think there's like a kind of like a give and take, like you know, it's kind of like um, I, I think it, it, you know to go back to Disney, it's like uh, it's like the Disneyland parks model. It's like you know we you know we have this big amusement park so people can come and spend all this money and that funds us to do all the other stuff that like you know to take risks and stuff like that. So I think it's yeah, I think it, it's 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 that um, yeah I, <laughs> yeah that I mean that that's that's what I think. I mean it's it's a combination of those factors, you know, like. People, people at, yeah. As yeah. a society, yeah, are we poorly trained in the way that we see movies? What, what do you mean? I, I guess I, I, um, when you look at like a lot of foreign films, yes, and the way in which they are structured, the types of stories they tell, mm-hmm. a lot of them are stories that don't fit the American way of listening to stories. Mm-hmm. It's. I think a perfect example of, of that was um, Uncut Gems. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. Um, I thought I thought it was a fantastic movie. I mm-hmm. thought it was well written. I thought the acting was great. I thought the story was great. But what happens is the person that you want to to win doesn't win. Right. And what really happens is that that person got what he deserved. Yeah. But that yeah. type of storytelling. Mm-hmm. doesn't sit well mm-hmm. on on you know it, we we yeah. i guess we've gotten used to i don't know if it goes back to the days of westerns or whatever this is idea that there is a good guy mm-hmm. who fights the bad guy he beats the bad guy he gets the girl yeah and he rides off into the sunset yeah i think what you're describing is is at least in terms of Hollywood, I think it's a uniquely kind of American sentiment that like we only love, not only, but like we tend to like movies that where there's a clear cut good guy and a clear cut bad guy and the bad guy gets his comeuppance and the good guy wins. I think that's the uh, from the beginning of and I think it's a symptom of America being such a young country. Yeah. The like from the beginning of the American of America as a country it then there was this narrative that uh, you know and it's all tied up into the american dream and things like that it's like there was there's been clear cut bad guys there was the 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 uh what am i thinking of great britain they were the bad guys we had to get away from them to start this new thing as the good guys and that narrative has continued through america so like there's always like you know whether it's how we tell the history of wars like mm-hmm. there's always a clear cut bad guy a clear cut good guy we like that kind of storytelling in America. And it obviously has branched out because of our storytelling to other parts of the world where they've embraced these kinds of stories. But like, we don't like moral ambiguity. We don't like it's, you know, we don't like the idea that like, there's no good and bad people. There's just people who make decisions. And some of those decisions affect some people badly and some of them good. They don't like moral ambiguity, no gray area. We don't like it. it. It's, it's what attracts me a lot to Tarantino. Yeah. And he often talks about this with his characters is like, like the characters that he writes aren't meant to be good guys or bad guys. Yeah. They're meant to be people with various flaws mm-hmm. and things that motivate them to do whatever it is that they mm-hmm. do. And when they come to whatever end they come to, it's usually an end that comes with the type of lifestyle that they choose to mm-hmm. live. And whether or not you feel for that character, it doesn't matter. The fact is, is that like, 
what was his name? What was Brad Pitt's name and character in Cliff Booth? Or, I think that was oh, his I don't name. even remember, yeah. But like he was not supposed to be a good guy. Right. And they set that up for us mm. to show like did he kill his wife? Right. Like he might have killed his wife. He might yeah. have been but he was also a war they 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 showed, say that he's a guy, he was a war hero. So there's that. But then he's a potentially a wife. So there there are these layers to this character mm-hmm. that don't that does not make him whether or not you like him, whether or not his face is dreamy to you, you know, you know, some, but there are some, I think there are some directors that, that, that capture that. I, you know, I, I think he does that. I think, I think Fincher's good at it. I think, mm-hmm. I think M night is good at it. I think M night doesn't get a good rap here because he tells a lot of those types of stories mm-hmm. that don't, aren't generally accepted here. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I get it. I think it's fantastic to see Iron Man on the big screen. Yeah. I think that's, that's, <laughs> it's amazing. Mm-hmm. There, there, there is, however, like, Hey, we're going to redo this movie. Oh, a sequel to this movie. Oh, we're redoing this movie. And it's yeah. like, at some point, I think because, and I'm almost wondering, and, and actually I wanted to bring them up when we were talking about star Wars too. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about whether or not sequels or a lack of originality is ruining Hollywood. And I almost wonder is did Marvel ruin Hollywood? Hmm. Because Marvel did a thing that I didn't think was possible. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it could ever happen again is they made 20 some odd movies Uh with a unique level of continuity. And I don't know how you make that happen over a 10 year span. You Mm -hmm. make all these movies with different directors but yet it's still following this one large arc to where we get there. And you mm-hmm. juxtapose that with Star Wars, mm-hmm. which was all over the place. And yeah. it's like, if there was no Marvel, are we as critical of Star Wars? Right. Or did or did what Star Wars do make us think, well, we can make we can remake anything. Mm-hmm. We can turn anything into a movie now. Yeah. Because look at what they did with Hulk. Yeah. And it's like, well, maybe that only worked with Hulk yeah. because it, you know. So we're even seeing DC try it, and DC's not doing very well. Yeah, you said so. You said did Marvel is Marvel ruining ruining cinema? I th- or Hollywood? I think. All right, this is gonna sound um, abstract, but I'm gonna make it make sense. I think After Effects uh, ruined <laughs> Hollywood, and here's why. It, no, it, I know where you're going. I agree. And, and if and if anyone out there doesn't know what After Effects is, it's a it's a, a visual effects plugin that you can use when you're editing a movie make computer generated effects right at home on your computer so i think the the progression of technology and visual effects has made has has lowered um the the budget threshold for what makes a blockbuster movie so Mm -hmm. in the 90s um even as late as the early 2000s like if you had a blockbuster take like independence day one of the first like big blockbuster summer movies right um independence day there's a fair amount of visual effects in that movie, um, but that movie, there is the way blockbusters used to be is there was one big star in the movie, mm-hmm. and then a bunch of other character actors, and then most of the money went to that star, the director, and the visual effects, right? Because visual effects used to be, and they're still expensive, but you, visual effects used to, if you wanted to blow up the White House, you used to have to build a scale model and, and actually blow up a building, yeah. right? Now, <laughs> you know... 
You, you can, can do that in 10 minutes. You on can do computer. that in 10 minutes. You can hire a team of, you know, visual effects. You can hire out different visual effects houses and you can make the Avengers, you know, relatively cheap compared to what movie budgets used to be. Um, blockbuster movie budgets used to be. So now if I can make the visual effects of a movie for half the price of what it used to be, now I can put more money into my cast. Mm -hmm. And now when you get you start to get more movies that are big visual effects blockbusters but also have big ensemble casts now what you're doing is basically once you make a movie like avengers uh you you basically can't put the genie back in the bottle because what you've now done is you've now stepped up the blockbuster people's expectations of what a blockbuster movie is from uh, you know, one star like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie or a Will Smith movie or something like that. And now you've made these into giant ensemble movies. And those the Avengers type movies are not sustainable for everyone to make all the time. Yeah. But that's what people go to the movies now expecting. So now when you look at uh, there's a there's a there's a type of movie that doesn't get made anymore. So back when Will Smith, let's just let's just stick with Independence Day back when Will Smith was making his blockbusters. There would be like, you know, I think uh, Independence Day was universal. Uh, let's yes. just say it was universal. They would have one big blockbuster movie like that a year. And then the rest of the movies would be movies like, you know, like Face Off or, uh, you know, a even like the earlier Mission Impossible movies or like um, like um, what's that? The Negotiator with Samuel Jackson. Like it's a good movie. I like yeah, that it's movie. a great movie. Yeah. These middle of the road, middle budget movies. You know, um, between you know ninety million dollars and one hundred fifty million dollar movies that would you know would generate money because people would go to see those based on the acting, the people in them, the stories and stuff like that. Like people were used to seeing that style, that size of a movie. But once you get once Hollywood is able to put out three and four of these giant ensemble effects movies a year, people started to um, not really see the point in going to see a you know a hundred million dollar movie in theaters. Mm -hmm. um, so you don't see movies like that get made anymore. Now you see either either it's Avengers or it's some or some giant Lego uh, you know two hundred million dollar comedy. Or it's Detective Pikachu or something. Yeah, or or it's um it, well see even Detective Pikachu I think is an outlier because I think that movie was was fairly cheap. But like you either get the giant, you know, two hundred fifty million dollar movies or you get like the micro budget five million dollar horror movies or, you know, um biopics or something like that. Whereas so there's no like you know, you want to talk about the erosion of the middle class. There's there's no middle class of movies anymore. And that model is just not sustainable anymore. So, like, now the market is – because so now what uh, studios are forced to do is, well, every movie's got to be got to be as successful as the Avengers, that, which means it has to cost as much as, as the Avengers, which means they're not incentivized to make smaller budget movies. They're not incentivized to make, you know, Inception uh, unless you've just made The Dark Knight. You know what I'm saying? Like, Because they, they need to... Every, if every movie has to cost $200 million, then every movie has to make h half a billion dollars. And the only way you get that is by making... It's like a vicious cycle. It's like a snake eating its tail type thing. So I think that that is the thing that has has uh, ruined cinema. But I, I'm going to say something really... Uh, I'm going to give you a hot take. A classic Asan the DJ hot take. I think... What this uh, viral pandemic has done to Hollywood, I think 
will ultimately i think will be will be good for the future of hollywood Mm -hmm. because i think what people are now realizing is there's like a return to like every movie doesn't have to be the avengers and now that we have to watch everything at home i i I was gonna say that that i wonder if 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 this was like a cleansing of our palates i think so where now it's like Okay, I'll take anything that you put on the screen. Yes. I just want to go sit in front of a movie right. theater. So whatever you give me to go sit in front of, right. I'll go sit in front of it. Right. So now you can kind of almost get back to the basics, if yes, that makes sense. exactly. I think people are saying now that like once you have to watch everything at home, now you're starting to see like, oh, that's right. There are smaller movies. Like now that everything, now any movie that you watch has to be on a streaming service. Now you're seeing these smaller budget Netflix movies. And then when I say smaller, I mean like, you know, mid-level, you know, $100 million Netflix movies that you have to watch at home. But now people are realizing, like, oh yeah, these movies are good. Yeah. Like we can watch these movies. So I think that'll ultimately be good for Hollywood um, in the long run um, because they can't just bank on expecting, you know, a billion people to go see whatever the big movie is. Um, so I think it'll be good for it. But yeah. I think that so that's my spiel on like what I think was ruining cinema. I guess I use uh, maybe ruining wasn't the best was no. the best turn. That was my that was my def- defeatist attitude about it. <laughs> but no, um, yeah, I'm one of those ones that's caught in the middle. I mean, it's funny we talk about the arts. I've always hated the arts. I hate <laughs> I you know, no really I hate I got, I I often hate the dialogue around the arts. I mean, I went to, I went to, yeah, like, man, if that that is literally the word, like, Mm -hmm. I I went, I went to school, I went to school for graphic design. So Mm -hmm. I've taken all the art classes, you know, Mm -hmm. ceramics and wood and all that stuff, Mm because you had to take it because it was a part of the major. So taking all those classes and being in there with some of those people and they, they were just, oh my God, it was just, it was such bullshit. Yeah. And I know it because I got an A on a project because of it. <laughs> because I half did a painting the night before. Yeah. And yeah. some 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 chick broke down my painting mm-hmm. and and talked it up. All right. Because I she she could she could see the she could see the pain in the strokes. Mm-hmm. And, and 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 there was there's such conflict going on in here and I'm like in my head I'm like what are you talking about I just was just you know yeah you know and it's like uh, there's there's the, the thing about the thing about the arts mm-hmm. and it's a it's a little bit different with music mm-hmm. even though even though there is an interesting idea about theory the theory of music and how you can kind of break some of the rules but but typically there is a structure to music yeah to where when you break that structure then it falls apart so you can't just do anything right you know but there you know when it when it comes to some things like 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 who says whether or not something is good or you know like how do, how do we know if something is good is it good because people like it is it right. good because of some technical issue is it mm-hmm. good because these critics said it was good or because these you know mm-hmm. so it's like i'm always caught in the in in the middle of the purity of the art and just like the kid who used to sit in front of the TV and watch, you know, <laughs> cartoons all day. Yeah. And there's like, so part of me enjoys what, what, what we've been seeing right. with seeing these things that were, that were just on my small TV on, on a Saturday morning when I'm eating cereal, mm-hmm. you know, you know, we, you get to see bat now. I get to see Batman on a big screen. I get to see Superman on a big screen. You know, yeah. and, and those things are enticing to me. But on the other side, it, there is an idea 
where maybe that pretentious nature has kind of seeped into me where there is this idea of, you know, are we going to lose the purity of the art? Mm-hmm. Is that going to be overtaken or, or do we, do we, have we rocked and are we going to find our way settled into a, a good medium of, because I thought last year we got some really, really beautiful movies that mm-hmm. were, was a mix of really great entertainment and still, I think good cinema. Mm-hmm. Cause I think we had, yeah, we had, we had Parasite, we had Joker, we had Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, we had Infinity Wars. Or, or you like, in, in you like Joker? I, I appreciated it. Okay, okay, I was going to say that because the Joker to me was, to me, the perfect mix of what we're talking about here. This idea that mm-hmm. I'm bar- I'm borrowing from an existing universe. Mm-hmm. So this isn't completely original. Mm-hmm. But I am telling a story about a character where there really isn't any story about it. Right. So there there is an original aspect in that I'm telling an original story about a character that already existed. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was a good mix of yeah, the two. And and I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay with Tarantino retelling a story about something that happened. Right. And then I'm just kind of changing or rehashing, you know. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay with with intellectual property. I'm, I'm okay with that stuff. Mm-hmm. I just, I, if you're going to do it, don't, I, you know, we, we talk about what, what's happening with special effects. And I just don't want story to get lost Yeah. in the shuffle of, well, I can make this building look really great when it blows up. Right. Yeah, I think the, the inherent struggle within making a, a sequel or making something that's based off of an existing property is the it's it's you're always in contention with um, I'm making this movie because I have a good idea for a story that I think people will enjoy versus I'm making this because I know people will enjoy a movie based on this. And like that, that's the, that's, that could be the danger, right? That's the danger. If you rely too heavy on, we're making this because I know people will like it. Well, then you're lacking the inspiration needed to truly make something good, you know? So you're constantly, we'll see. And that, that, that would be, that is, and that's funny being uh, an aspiring director. There's this idea of, of which side do I fit into? Because what you just described are two different types of director yeah. that exist. Yeah, for sure. Like this idea that I'm, I have no intention of being Picasso. Mm-hmm. I just want to make cool movies. Yeah. So I'm going to just, I'm only going to pick ideas. I'm going to take the Michael Bay approach and I'm going to do movies that I know people will like. Mm-hmm. And, and to an extent, this is it's it's what it's what we've seen out of um, Spielberg for the last two almost three decades now, mm-hmm. where it's just now I'm just gonna make surefire movies. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna either do biopics on people who everybody's <laughs> gonna like, mm-hmm. or I'm just gonna kind of tell a story that it's like there's no way that this fails. Yeah, um, compared to someone taking a risk. And, and 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 it's interesting because I you know you mentioned Joker. Joker I think is the mix of that, mm-hmm. in that people are gonna like the Joker. Mm-hmm. So I'm already I'm already betting with house money, right. but I'm but I'm but I'm 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 doing a little bit extra here. I'm, yeah. I'm 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 actually playing with the medium. Yeah, you know, and it's like, you know, what what's what's the movie Scorsese just did? The, Iron, the Irishman. 
Yeah. I think that was a, and it's funny coming, you know, from him. I think that was a hundred percent. I'm going to do something that people are going to like. Yeah. I'm going to make 100%. another mob movie with the same guys I've always made mob, mob movies with. And it's in the same universe of all the other movies he made. People are going to like this. Yeah, for sure. Instead of let's just try something new. Let's yeah. just throw something at the wall and see, especially from the guys that are seasoned and the guys who can afford to do that. Because mm-hmm. Spiel, you know, Spielberg can afford to do that because mm-hmm. almost anybody's going to give him money. Mm-hmm. And I think when the top dogs start doing it, mm-hmm. I think that can make for for more bold creations from the lesser people. Mm-hmm. Like look at the look at the chance that Spielberg made. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I can try and do that instead of because I have to admit. If if Universal calls me and said, "Hey, we want to give you a shot, but we want you to do this typical, you know, remake, whatever," am I gonna say no? Mm-hmm. If that's my pathway right. into the industry, nah. So let me sign a check, <laughs> you know. Or do I stand on principle and say, "No, I'm I'm in it for the purity of the art." And, yeah. And it's like, eh, I do like the purity of the art, but I also like to eat and I like to yeah. flip the light switch on in my house and I yeah. like to be able to turn on the heater. And and Hollywood's a business, man. So like, you know, you got to at some point, you know, you're, uh, you know, with anything that deals with customer service, you know, anything that deals with like selling a product to, uh, you know, a consumer you're going to there's inherently going to be times where you have to do something make something sell something that you personally you know it isn't your favorite thing or isn't something that you would buy or something like that but you you know you have to do that because that's just the nature of the game you know very few people get into hollywood and just can do whatever they want without having to worry about any kind of um you know catering to an audience you know even even the wildest of directors have to you know get they get notes from the studio you know what i mean but what i think what i think is happening is Mm -hmm. We're seeing the growth of these smaller studios, yeah, like A twenty four, like Neon, mm-hmm. like you know, and then you have Netflix and all these streaming mm-hmm. people who are fighting for for content. So I think what we're also going to start to see is more new directors, totally, who yeah. are having basically money thrown at them because you know may maybe and. Uh, maybe universal and fox and all those places have to crumble i mean is it is it is it so terrible that that happens i mean i know america's you know we hate we hate change yeah but you know maybe some of those old structures need to crash and burn in order for some new yeah become you know and maybe that inspires creativity who knows i don't know um think you're on to something there i still don't know how i feel about sequel i guess i'm not as against sequels as some people are but there is a part of me that's wondering is is this is this going to be a start of just a, a nosedive in in the production of movies and that you know all we see is just yeah. remakes and you know redos and sequels yeah i think it i'll leave it i'll leave it like this i think i look at making a, a sequel or a um a remake or something like that. I look at it like as like a hip hop producer um, sampling um, old music, right? Yes. Um, you know, <laughs> sampling. I think is you know that's how hip hop started. Mm-hmm. Um, it's always been a prevalent part of hip hop. Um, it's had different eras. It's gone through different you know forms and stuff like that. And but sampling never gets old. When you hear a sample that is flipped a certain way, that like. 
or there's something about it that like you know even if it's just invoking the nostalgia i think sampling will always be a part and it'll always be appreciated but there's definitely um you can tell when someone sampled something uh just because they're trying to capitalize on the popularity or the familiarity with you know the the thing that they're sampling mm-hmm. and you can tell when someone has sampled something and because they had a good idea that was birthed out of whatever it was that they're sampling from um and there there's different you can when you hear you know the 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 perfect sample come to life in a song it's because that person had an idea that was inspired by that song you know, and they, they made something new and something innovative with it, even if they didn't change much to the sample. You know what I'm saying? I think what that what that looks like in film, and I love when this happens, and yeah. I do it myself, mm-hmm. is, you know, hey, wow, that, that shot that he did is similar to that shot from that movie 60 years ago. Mm-hmm. And maybe the, the films have nothing to do with each other, but mm-hmm. I was inspired by the color that they use here or the yeah. type of lighting that was done here or the type of mm-hmm. framing that was done here. Mm-hmm. So I borrow that. I sample that. Mm-hmm. In order to, because I like the way that that made me feel about that mm-hmm. particular story, and maybe that can help me ev- evoke the same type of reaction out of the people who see this, because whatever they did, I mean, because that's the thing about music, and, you know, there's only so many types of shots. Mm-hmm. You can't, you know. <laughs> right. There's only so much you can do, so at some yeah. point. There's you, only so you, many stories you can tell. You are so rehashing, stories, yeah. you know, like, you know, I, the, the way I heard it is, you know, Lion King is nothing but, it's Hamlet. Yeah, I mean, so there's there's a, there's always going to be a rehashing of some of those basic mm-hmm. um, ideas in a movie, but you know, when it's just like, hey, let's just redo Lion King the exact way it was done before, mm-hmm. but let's make it National Geographic, then it's just like, yeah. And I think yeah, it's crazy yeah. because um, I've been uh, I, I have a cousin who's he's funny, he's my age, but uh, he just has such an old soul. Yeah, and so we've been uh, just when we hang out and stuff like that, we'll be listening to like R and B from like the seventies and eighties and stuff like that. And and into the 90s. But what I realized, what one thing I was listening to, like some 80s and uh, R&B and stuff like that is like something that happened in R&B that doesn't happen anymore now is like singers, like really talented singers, like your Luther Vandross, your Marvin Gaye, your, your stuff like that. Like they would a lot of them would sing the same songs like they would cover. The same well, yeah, that's song. how that's how you that that was what you did first is you yeah. were a cover band yes and then you did original stuff because we didn't want to hear your original yeah stuff. and even even yeah exactly and even we when don't want you trying stuff out on us <laughs> yeah and even when they're famous like you know you know some of Luther's you know most famous performances are on songs that were written and sung made popular by other people yeah uh, like if this world were mine and songs like that and I think that there's something beautiful in that that I think speaks to what we're talking about. It, it's it's art it's i think when sampling in in hip-hop or when making a a, you know a truly inspired sequel or remake or whatever in in hollywood i think the 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 beauty is like when an artist who's already famous and accomplished you know covers the same song that someone else has done it's what they're doing is they're not just you know when when luther vandross sings you know "If, if this world were mine or when he sang if this world were mine like he not only was paying homage to you know I think it was Marvin Gaye who sang the original mm-hmm. or no or was it if this world were mine look that up I don't want to be wrong man no it was uh who was it look that up um let me see yeah Marvin Gaye and Tammy yeah Marvin and Tammy yeah so not only is he paying homage to them he's paying homage to what he 
finds beautiful about that song. Yeah. And it comes maybe, through. Maybe, maybe that song made him want to do what he, exactly. you, know, that, that, yeah, you know. And I think that that's beautiful. So if people like, I have no problem with someone watching a Star Wars movie and finding a nugget in that Star Wars movie like that, 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 that is that element that that turn from dark to good or good to dark side or whatever i love that and i want to tell that in this story whether it's another star wars movie or not i think it, the more that the inspiration from whatever aspect of the movie like comes through and that the idea birth from that inspiration the more of that that comes through uh, uh i think the better the movie will be and the better off we'll all be that's a, that's the part of you that's the that's the side of me that's okay with it because yeah again I can only go back. I can think of myself when it's like you know. I, I try not to talk about him a lot, but I'm really a fan of his. But you you see that with Tarantino, it, mm-hmm. like he he doesn't hide it. Mm-hmm. You can see that when he was growing up, he must have liked kung kung fu movies. Yes, he must have liked westerns. He must have liked black exploitation yeah, movies, sure. and he does not hide the fact that no. he that he's inspired by those things. Yeah, like they're overt. Yeah, and he literally and and that's his way of paying homage to those spaghetti western paying homage to those italian films he's not hiding it yeah these these are the these are the movies that made me fall in love with the medium mm-hmm. so at every chance i get i'm gonna i'm gonna try to and, i'm gonna try to big yeah. it up and i'm and i am totally okay with yeah. that you know especially yeah. if especially if that is what invigors you to tell yeah tell your stories and i think that's why pulp fiction is generally generally can you know the consensus is that's probably his best movie yeah is because that movie like because quentin tarantino like you know when he makes kill bill that's you know it's it's a kung fu movie you know what i mean or when he makes um the hateful eight like i mean literally her 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 suit was the same suit bruce lee wore i mean it's like it's right when he he doesn't hide it yeah when he makes hateful eight he's making a spaghetti western exactly when he but what he did with pulp fiction was different like when he made um reservoir dogs he made a gangster movie yeah what he did with pulp fiction was different because he took different aspects of movies that he liked, like whether it's black exploitation or whether it's like, you know, a, gr- a gritty, you know, seventies kind of crime drama. He took the nuggets of those movies that he liked and used those to inspire him to make something super original mm-hmm. that didn't fit into any of those genres because he wasn't just taking the jo- the genre tropes. He was taking the, the nugget of in of inspiration that he liked from all these different genres and used them to craft something completely different. So he made this movie that, speaks to more to the inspiration than it does to the the genre contraptions you know what i'm saying and and that's why that movie is so timeless and so and so it's good because you can movie. see the inspiration shining through you i know might watch it tonight yeah it's, it, it's long movie. but it's, it's worth it it's a fantastic movie. yeah if you haven't seen pulp fiction watch pulp fiction <laughs> if you haven't seen pulp fiction what's going on what's going on in your life yeah that you haven't thrown that on tarantino's great man he's one of my favorites too so i'm glad you're a fan Tarantino's. Oh yeah, I've, I've, yeah. I've always, great. always, always been a fan. I, I, I guess I can. I would call myself a Tarantino apologist. <laughs> oh, I don't think he needs uh, an apologist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the fact, I mean, I mean, he may, he may need an apologist for using the N word so much. And, and I, and I would actually defend him with, with that to an, yeah, you know, I mean, and it's funny because it gets a little indulgent sometimes. It, I it like. does, especially when you consider he's writing these screenplays. Yes. Yeah. It, do, but you know, he's one of those people who I, I, I. I Again, you never know. I never, you know, you can't know somebody's heart, but it really just seems like he's he's trying to tell a story. He's trying to tell it as truthfully as he can. Mm-hmm. And hey, the, I know guys like Jules, and they say the N word a lot. Yeah, and you know, so it's, you know, 
so I mean, the way the way the way he explained it was, you know, as a storyteller, I'm obligated to tell the truth. So if I'm going to tell a story about a person, I need to be true to mm-hmm. what this person would say. And, you know, so if I'm telling a story about a slave or, yeah. you know, then they probably threw the word nigger a lot around a yeah, lot. So sure. I can't I can't avoid it. You know, it's funny. I think it was. um Seth, not Seth, uh, one of those guys, one of those guys in Seth Rogen's. OK, ah, I can't think of his name, but he told a story about, about about a movie he was writing, a script he was writing, and it was about the mid 90s. And in, in the script, uh, um, he writes the word faggot. Mm-hmm. And a guy who was um, co-writing wanted to take it out, and he was like, "No, you got to keep it." Yeah. And he's like, "But it's so horrible." But he's like, "But you got to think about the '90s." Yeah. We we called people faggots, and yeah. nobody thought it was a bad thing. Yeah. So it's like I've I've got to be truthful to the story that of I'm course. telling, even if I'm using words that might be, you know. But with that being said, he does use he does use yeah. he does use you know. <laughs> no, I, if I there's was, anything is going to be a lot of bullets, a lot of blood, and a lot of n words. Yeah, for sure. Except for except for uh, 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 Inglorious Bastard, I think that's the only one where they're. Mm-hmm. But they even talk about black people in that. But they that's refer true. to him as Negroes, not not as not, not as you know. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, sure, go, tell everybody uh. What you have going on? Where they oh. can find you? Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. You can. Uh, I do a podcast every week called the Weekly Regular. You can find it everywhere: uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Uh, it's just a weekly conversation that I have with a, a rotating uh, a list of guest hosts. We talk about everything from, you know, this kind of stuff to politics and religion and whatever. Anything that uh, you would find interesting to talk about at a bar, we we get into it. Um, yeah, you can find that at the weekly regular. Uh, you can find me on social media at Asan the DJ. That's at A H S O H N the DJ. Thanks for having me, bro. He's been Asan. I've been Antonio. I'm out.